Good afternoon, Southern California. All over the nation, you are listening to Southern California Live here on KKLA. I am your host, Ed Carlson, and I hope you are having a blessed and prosperous day out there, whether you're at home listening to us on 99.5 KKLA, or maybe you're listening via iHeartRadio or ChristianRadio.net. Maybe you're at work and you're getting by your day by listening to this station and you are here listening to Southern California Live. Maybe perhaps you're on the road, you're on the way home. We just want to welcome you and thanks for allowing myself and all of us here at KKLA to be part of your day. I want to welcome uh, not only those in the L.A. area uh, and O.C., but also welcome those listening in on KPRZ in San Diego. We're glad that you're listening and want to hear from you today. Uh, Many people don't know this, but this show, uh, Southern California Live, every day reaches all the way from Camarillo, all the way down into San Diego, and even to a third of Mexico. And so we want to welcome everybody that's listening. That's a huge reach, and so we welcome you. Well, my name is Ed Carlson, and I am a local Southern California pastor and have been in ministry for the last 25 years. I'm the husband of my beautiful wife, Jennifer, and dad to four great kids, Madison, Amanda, Joshua and Cade. My wife and I are the founding pastors of His Place Huntington Beach that started eight years ago with the vision of reaching blended and broken families. So that is me, and uh, I am happy to be back with you, uh, guest hosting the show uh, here at KKLA. It has been a pleasure, and I'm going to be with you today and tomorrow, and I look forward to it. We've got some great shows planned for you, I'll tell you that. But we hope that you feel encouraged today. Uh, our goal here is one of our, our tag uh, lines here is to find hope here, and we want to make sure that you're finding hope here. And if you feel encouraged today by listening or uh, maybe whenever you're listening to KKLA and you, f- you just get encouraged by it and find some hope, uh, maybe you're challenged to think deeper. Hopefully you draw closer to God by listening. If that's you, we want to hear from you. And so we want to ask you to go online and go to the KKLA website, drop a note, let us know how KKLA blesses you. And uh, we would love to read those. and We could even use those on the air because we love to hear uh, that people are finding hope. So, well, we have a great show for you today. So I want to just get started. Uh, and we want to get to the phone calls going. We want to get the phone calls going right away as well uh, in this first hour. So we want to hear from you, uh, Camarillo, San Diego, Orange County, L.A., even down in New Mexico. We want you to give us a call right now uh, and get those phones starting to, to, to ring because we want to hear from you on the subject. And you're going to find out in just a second what it's all about. But let me give you that number right away. It's 888-52-TALKS. That's 888-52-TALKS, T-A-L-K-S. Uh, and we'll get you on this first segment. Well, there's a battle that we see raging in our nation right now. It's been raging for a while, but it's uh, kind of increased over the last number of weeks and months. But there's a battle raging between the pro-choice and pro-life movements. Just these past couple of weeks, if you have been watching the news, uh, you saw uh, big demonstrations throughout the U.S. from pro-choice supporters uh, who were marching against the Texas's newest legislation that went into effect in September uh, rightfully called the, the heartbeat law, banning abortions at the six-week mark and at the first sign of a heartbeat. So abortion supporters were out marching, letting their voice be heard on what they felt was an infringement on a woman's right to an abortion and her medical health. And I want to just say a few words on this topic before we bring on our first guest. I'm not against people marching and protesting peacefully for what they believe in. Uh, that That's what freedom is. Uh, so march away and have your forums for your beliefs. But that doesn't mean that you can't have civil discourse and debate on an issue and voice your dissenting view. So here's mine. The way that I see it, there's been a dereliction of duty by many pastors and churches that has resulted in what I would call an uneducated and uninformed parishioner, which has then led 
in my opinion, to far too little involvement in this moral crisis in the world that ultimately really breaks the heart of God and will be responded to, according to Scripture, with great judgment at some point in the future. So hence why we're talking about this today and why I feel like it's such a big issue. I did a little research and found that a a recent Pew Research survey, it goes back to 2019, so not too far off. Uh, We know in 2020, probably every research thing you had, uh, you could look at was probably on... um, on, on COVID, but in 2019, the Pew Research did a, uh, a survey of over 50,000 sermons shared online. And I, and I leave this, in, and I'm leaving this here for you before we go to our next, first guest, because to help you understand the very limited amount of conversations that even within the church that we have with regards to abortion, the right to life, and all that good stuff. And so, um, but check out what this survey said. It said abortion remains a contentious issue among U.S. Christians. But when millions of churchgoers file into the pews each week, what do they really hear? A new Pew Research Center analysis finds that just 4% of sermons shared on U.S. church websites during the second half of 2019 discussed abortion even once. And when they did, it was rarely mentioned repeatedly. In other words, it wasn't a full sermon. It was just a portion or, or, or a, a segment of, of a message. It goes on, it says, sermons that mention abort- abortion rarely focus entirely on the topic. In other words, it wasn't an actual whole sermon on abortion, just a small segment. And as a result, only 1% of all sermons across a whole study discussed abortion in more than one segment. And so, despite the low propensity for pastors and churches to talk about the tough topics, and abortion is definitely one of those, we as pastors are called to address it. Dealing with it is an essential aspect of our call to serve the needs of our people. See, we're called to bring hope, to bring reconciliation and healing to those who have obtained or even cooperated in abortions. We're also called to encourage and equip our people to make positive changes in society so that respect and protection for the lives of our unborn brothers and sisters will flourish. See, a pastor is a minister of truth and compassion, two realities which, far from being contrary to each other, are actually essential aspects of each other. If we look at God, he, after all, is both truth and compassion itself. And I just want to say this up front so that everyone's clear, and I've said this before on the radio, I am 100% unashamedly pro-life. I believe that life is inherently precious because it was created by an almighty God that ultimately gets to make the decision whether someone lives or dies. And I believe that that life is sacred from the womb to the tomb, and the moment that a culture thinks otherwise, we will find ourselves with this predicament. If life is not sacred from the womb to the tomb, then no life is sacred at any point in its existence, which then leads to those who are in control dictating not only when life begins, but when life can end as well. And I want to just give you some basic stats before I bring my guests. I'm so excited to talk to our first guest, but I want to give you these stats just before I bring her on. But here are some just basic stats uh, and facts as we start today. And I got these facts actually from Live Action, who's one of our guests, actually is a spokesperson of it. And so we're going to hear from her. But it, it just I want you just to hear these facts right now. 2,363 pre-born children will die in America today. That's a sobering thought. Some 46% of abortions in America are repeat abortions. Every 90 seconds, a child is aborted at Planned Parenthood. Under federal law, preborn children can be aborted up until birth. A preborn person's life can be ended for any reason. And since 1973, there have been 60,236,165 American lives lost to abortion. 
And as they said, as other people said, I believe, and I agree with this, I believe abortion is the gravest mass human rights abuse of our time. That, my friends, breaks the heart of God. And if it breaks his, it must break ours. And I know there are a lot of different arguments against the pro-life movement and against life, and we're going to be touching on those today, and it's very nuanced. But we must be involved. We must educate ourselves. We must have answers, biblical and moral answers, to those in this world that would say it is okay to murder a human being in the womb. We must speak up. We must pray. We must be people of action, and we must give hope. So I want to introduce my first guest. I'm so excited to have her. Her name is Christina Bennett. Christina Bennett was going to be aborted, but a miraculous encounter saved her life moments before the scheduled termination. Upon discovering this news in college, she committed her life to fighting for the ending of abortion. After graduating college with a degree in business communications, she moved to Washington, D.C. to serve as a pro-life prayer missionary at the Justice House of Prayer and later in Atlanta as a missionary at the International House of Prayer in Atlanta. Christina is a writer whose work has been featured in live action news, life news, charisma, LifeSite News, among other publications, and her story is featured in the film Pro-Life Feminist, Still on the Journey, and, here, and, and also Here from Heaven. She has had the honor of testifying for the pro-life cause in two congressional hearings. She has served four years as a client services manager at a CT pregnancy center and currently works as a communications director for the Family Institute of Connecticut. She's a devoted wife, mother, and also a licensed Christian minister. Welcome to the show, Christina. Welcome, Ed. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here. Man, what a story. First of all, I, 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 I was just flipping through Fox News, and I actually saw you were on Fox News just recently, too. You're get, you're, yes, I was on Fox News, yes, uh, just this past Friday. Wow, so incredible. You did an incredible job, by the way, and so thank you for thank you so much. continuing to work. But before we dive into the headlines of today and, and the battle that is raging recently over abortion, tell us a little bit about your story and especially about the part of the story that kept your mom from aborting you. I really want our audience to hear that. Absolutely. So I had no idea that my mom attempted to abort me. I'm from Connecticut, and this is a very pro-abortion state, so... We don't even have parental notification laws. Teenagers are not even required to tell their parents if they want to have a surgical or medical abortion. And it wasn't something that was ever talked about in my family. And as you mentioned, with the church statistics, it was also something that was never talked about in church growing up. I never heard a sermon on abortion. But I was in a church service, and someone approached me and told me that God wanted me to know something remarkable had happened around the time of my birth. And so I asked my mother if anything remarkable had happened around the time of my birth, and she said that she met an angel before I was born, and she did not want to talk about it, which was very strange for her. She's never said anything like that, and I didn't know what to make of it, but she was serious, and she didn't want to talk about it, so I, I let it go. I went on a summer missions trip to Campus Crusade for Christ. I went to Kentucky. And when I got back home, I just asked her, and she told me that minutes before she was supposed to have the abortion, she was in the white hospital robe. She had paid for the abortion. She met with a counselor at the hospital who told her that this was the best decision for her to make. An elderly black janitor, a woman, she saw her crying, and she walked up to her. She lifted up her chin, looked her in the eyes, and said, do you want to have this baby? My mom said yes, and she said, God will give you the strength. And those words really empowered her. The Holy Spirit gave her strength, and 
she thought she was going to just leave, but then the doctor called her name, and she went into his office, and I, I hate to say it, but it's just... It's gruesome. There was blood on the floor from the last abortion. He hadn't cleaned up the wow. blood from the last abortion. And she said, I changed my mind. I want to keep my baby. And he said, no. He said, you've already paid for this. And she said, no, I, I want to keep my baby. And then he told her, you're just going to get through it. It's fine. And she persisted and said, no, I want to keep my baby. And then he yelled at her and said, don't leave this room. And she ran out. Wow. She ran out of his office. And she saved my life. Unbelievable! What an incredible story. That I mean that that story right there, such a miraculous story that it tells you even just listening to that the the heart and the passion which God Himself is concerned about life, that He would go to that length and talk to your mom and and, and all this. So so tell us just a little bit. And I and I I wasn't going to ask this question, but um, just kind of a follow up question: What was your? How did that affect your mom's life moving forward? Um, that that encounter uh, with that angel. What? How did that? And, and and not and choosing to listen to God, and and not go through with that abortion. How did that change the the course of your mom's life? Good or good or well, bad. Well, it was a heavenly encounter for sure, and I know that it drew my mom closer to God. She actually said that she knew that she was supposed to name me either Christina if I was a girl, or Christopher if I was a boy because God had just put it in her heart that I was supposed to be named that, and that means follower of Christ. So, and I didn't mention this part of the story, but my mom actually went to a mentor at church before she went to get the abortion, and the mentor actually pushed her away and told her, if you come back to this church, you will be the first, I'll be the first person to put my foot in the door and not let you in. So the mentor really judged her, and it could have been, you know, an experience that caused her to turn away from God completely, but I think meeting that janitor and her telling my mom that God would give her the strength and then God rescuing me, that caused my mom to grow closer to the Lord. So she, I grew up with my mother taking me to church and having a relationship with Christ because she really had a supernatural encounter in the hospital that day. Now, she also dealt with shame because of the attempted abortion. So the reason that she didn't want to tell me was because of shame. She had shame and guilt. And her exact words were, I can't tell you because you'd hate me. Mm -hmm. So she did deal with that, but still, to this day, she loves Jesus and... That was definitely a pivotal moment in her walk with Christ. Incredible, incredible story. So tell us, Christina, how, how do you engage right now in the pro-life movement overall? And, and tell us a little bit about what Live Action does and your role within that organization now. Absolutely. So I've done many things like you shared in my bio, from working at a pregnancy center to now working with Live Action as their spokesperson. But I've actually worked with Live Action for many years, writing articles. They have an amazing um, news site, Live Live Action News, where they have up-to-date, current, relevant news about the pro-life movement. And they also do a lot of uh, groundbreaking projects. One of the projects they're doing right now is releasing information about the abortion pill reversal 
and putting information out on social media and on the internet, letting women know that it is possible to reverse a RU486 abortion through taking progesterone and, you know, immediately after. And they're releasing that information and it's causing hundreds of women to know that this is possible and even to, to, to go to abortion pill reversal and to have their children's lives saved. And so that's one of the things we're doing as well as a really phenomenal uh, project called Baby Olivia, where we have made this beautiful, beautiful video that shows the fetal development of a baby that we call Baby Olivia, and it's being shown all across the country, and it's really changing people's hearts and minds because for years people have heard the lie that a fetus is just a clump of tissues, it's just a lump of cells, and then when they see the beautiful development of this baby in the womb and how they can suck their thumb and how their heart is beating and, and how their, you know, their brain development and they, they're able to be educated, they just have a change of heart. They see that this is a human being worthy of, of being protected. And so we are engaging every day online through social media. We have TikTok and we have you know, Instagram and Facebook. We have large, over 2 million followers on Facebook, and we're releasing videos and content that's just causing people to see the reality of abortion and to join the pro-life movement. Yeah. Listen, uh, folks, uh, live action is an incredible follow. I want to encourage you, and I'll say it again at the back end of this hour, but it is an incredible follow. We're doing some tremendous work. Uh, for those of you who are just tuning in, this is Ed Carlson, and you're listening to Southern California Live here on 99.5 KKLA, and we're discussing the battle that is raging in our nation right now between the pro-choice and pro-life movements. And we have been speaking with Christina Bennett, spokesperson and news correspondent for Live Action, uh, liveaction.org and Life News, Live Action, Live Action News, which uh, has really the largest, she said, the largest and most engaged online following in the pro-life movement. If you want to get it, uh, in on the discussion, want to give us a call right now at 888-52-TALKS. That's 888-52-TALKS. Christina, uh, before, we just have a couple minutes before our first break, but I, I read a, a something on actually liveaction.org. Uh, with regards to this uh, reversal pill and also what Google's trying to do to get it off from being advertised. Talk, just give us like two minutes on that because that's a, that kind of tells the listener really kind of what this world's all about and, and what they're trying to, to keep back from people. Absolutely. Google is censoring our pro-life ads about the abortion pill reversal, and they're really doing that because they work because they are changing hearts, because women are getting the information and making the decision to to call. And because of that, Google has received pressure from pro-abortion activist groups and pro-abortion allies who are really threatened. They may say that they're pro-choice, but they're not really pro-choice. They're pro-abortion because they don't want women to know that there's other choices. They don't want women to know that there are alternatives and that the abortion pill reversal is a possibility for them. And so therefore, Google has bowed to this pressure from these pro-abortion activist groups, and they are censoring the information. And it is horrible. It is an attack on free speech. And it's really hurting women who want this information. And like you mentioned before, they're not going to hear it in their church, and they're definitely not going to hear it in their school, unless it's probably a Christian or Catholic school, they're not going to hear it on the media. And so this is an opportunity for us to be able to share through social media and through online channels. And Google knows that, and they're threatened, and that's why they are censoring us. And we're just speaking out against it. And yeah. We encourage other people to 
speak out against it as well and let them know that women deserve this accurate information. And before I go to the break, great, great synopsis here. Before I go to the break, for those that are listening, we've got hundreds of thousands of people that are listening. If there is somebody out there, Christina, that is um, – um, is interested in that abortion reversal. Maybe they just went in and they're hearing this right now because I believe that God has divine appointments for people. And I believe that they, many will be listening today, right now, and they'll go, what is this abortion reversal pill? What can they call, where, where can they go to get uh, information and, and get this going for them, themselves? Yeah, so if, they're, if you're listening and you want information about abortion pill reversal, you can go to liveaction.org. We have information there that you can find and it'll tell you all about it. And just know that there's, all sorts of information online, and some of it is not accurate. Unfortunately, some people say that abortion pill reversal is not real, and you might have to shift, uh, sift through some of that information that's not true, but just go to our website, liveaction.org, and you will find accurate, true information that can help you. So good. Folks, give it a call. Give, give, go to uh, liveaction.org. It's an incredible uh, site, but it, just like uh, Christina said, I believe that there's some that are listening right now that you're, you're listening on purpose. God has a, a, a reason that you're listening today, so give that. Uh, go to liveaction.org. Get that number. Get that information. Well, Christina, when we get back, I want to start breaking down some of the arguments from pro-choice advocates and uh, start talking about those and, and have some discussion about that. But we've set the table so far today, we want to hear from you, Southern California. What do you have to say about what we've been talking about? Call us right now at 888-52-TALKS. That's 888-52-TALKS. This is Ed Carlson, and you're listening to Southern California Live. We'll be right back. Planned Parenthood talks about options counseling as one of the services that they provide. What are the options discussed or provided during options counseling? Well, options counseling are when a, uh, what happens when a woman finds out she's pregnant and uh, you offer her information on the adoption, abortion, and prenatal care. And so, of adoption, abortion, and prenatal care, what does Planned Parenthood offer? Only abortion. So, of course, I mean, that would just make sense for any business. If that's the one service you offer, that's the service you're going to try to sell. Was there referrals made, or how was options information presented about state or federal health care programs for prenatal care or for adoption support? For a time, we had a, a state-sponsored booklet um, that had a little bit of information about all three options, adoption, abortion, and prenatal care. But inside the front cover, it said, uh, life begins at conception. So the second that Planned Parenthood management saw that, they did not like it, of course, and so they ordered um, sacks, brown bags, that that fit in perfectly. So we'd put it in there, slide it across the table to them, and say, there's information here on all your options. Take it if you want it, but if you don't, just leave it away. And so we could check the box that, yes, we offered it, but we didn't really give it to them. So you could say we were fulfilling it even though the woman mm -hmm. might have never opened that book. That's right. You, 99% of the time they just left it lay. Welcome back, everyone. That was an audio clip of uh, Lila Rose, founder of Live Action, inter interviewing a former Planned Parenthood manager about the real services offered at Planned Parenthood. This is Ed Carlson. You're listening to Southern California Live here on KKLA, and we are talking with Christina Bennett, uh, spokesperson and news correspondent for Live Action, uh, which is one of the largest and best organizations out there right now in the pro-life arena. For the last decade, they've been blowing the cover off of the false narratives of the pro-choice movement as well as Planned Parenthood. And Christina, 
is with us today. But before I go back to her, we want to hear from you on this topic. So give us a call at 888-52-TALKS. That's 888-52-TALKS. And before we uh, get to some of those calls, uh, I want to go back to you, Christina. I said that we would get to breaking down some of the arguments from pro-choice advocates. Um, What about the argument that says, well, the baby in the womb, they're not even a real person yet. Uh, Some say it this way, if the embryo isn't conscious, rational, or self-aware, doesn't that mean it's not a person? What would you say to somebody with that argument? I would say that we have to be very careful when we are saying that human beings aren't persons. You know, I am a black woman. I am proud to be one. And there was a time in our nation where we, my people, we were told that we were not actual persons, that we were three-fifths of a person, that we were actually property. And so we have to be careful when we are saying that human beings are not persons because of lack of ability or they're not self-aware, because there are different times in a human's life where that may be the possibility or that may be the reality, even if it's not the unborn child. So when you're talking about the elderly or you're talking about people that may have certain disabilities or you're talking about people in situations, you know, medical health situations where they may be lacking awareness, they do not lose any of their humanity. They're still a human being. They are still a person, and they're still deserving of the right to life. Amen. That's so good. Um, you did a masterful job answering that. Uh, another one that we that we hear quite a bit is this one, and, and I like your response. Then we're going to go to a call, uh, Christina. Um, so Katie, uh, that's uh, calling in from San Diego. We're going to get to you in just a second, but uh, I'd like your response on the second kind of question. What, what's that? Another pro-choice argument that comes right, and, and it's this: What's wrong with giving people the choice? Women should have the choice to have an abortion. It's their body, their choice. They should have an, a, a a right to uh, their own medical type of health. What would be your response for that? It's the word choice that we have to think about. What is the choice that we're saying that women should be able to have? Because if we're talking about the choice of what doctor you want to go to or the choice of whether or not you want to um, you know, have a certain medical procedure, then that's one thing. But the word choice is something that we use or people use to cover up the reality of the violence of abortion. If you ask someone, is it okay to have the choice to murder a child? Is it okay to have the choice to abuse someone? Is it okay to have a choice to sexually assault someone? Most rational people who are, you know, normal, compassionate, kind people would say, no, I would never be okay with the choice to hurt someone in that way. So we have to remember that when we're discussing choice, the choice is a violent act that dismembers a child in the womb and ends their life. Why should anyone have the choice to do something that is not only so harmful to a child, but in addition, it's also harmful to the mother and us as a community, because every time a child dies, we suffer as the community. Yeah, and, and those choices, especially the choice, uh, many choices, but specifically right now that we're talking about the choice of abortion has victims. It's like, absolutely. It, it's not a choice, like you it said, to pick a doctor. Does. And I tell people, if I was aborted that day, the reality is I would have been dismembered and thrown away as medical waste. 
That's the choice. Yeah. The choice would have been for me to have been dismembered into pieces and thrown away as medical waste. Yeah. That is a horrible, awful choice that we don't want any woman to feel that she has to make that choice. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I want to go to this call real quick. Uh, Katie from San Diego. Katie, uh, you're on the show. Katie, welcome. Hi, how are you? Hi. Uh, what do you uh, want to say to uh, the show today and, and maybe to Christine or myself? So I just have two things to say. One, coming from a different perspective, I've had an abortion before. It's something I've repented from. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember when I went in that there was people outside, you know, that are against it picketing, but they didn't approach it in a loving manner. Instead, they yeah. make you feel more shameful and more guilty. And I just think now that um, I've repented from that and I'm a Christian now, that if we approach people with love and offer them options, that we would have a much better reaction of helping people walk out of that situation because the way some people handle it now is not loving. People already feel shameful walking in there. They already feel guilty. You don't know their circumstances. And we can offer them something else instead of just saying horrible things to them or calling them baby killers or something. That's literally what was said to me when I was walking in there. And then from another perspective, when I repented from that and I became a Christian, there's, I found that there's a lot of Christians who believe that that's okay. And um, I asked one of them why. I wanted to understand their thinking, and they said because of free will, they don't think it's their right to take away somebody's free will. And I just wanted to say that I would like people to think about aligning their hearts with God's Word. And when you vote on something in that manner that you know is against God's Word, you're aligning yourself with that person's free will instead of with what God tells us to align ourselves with, and that we need to not be an accomplice to what we know is wrong. We need to stand up against it. We don't have to be in people's faces unkindly, but we still need to stand up for what's right. That's good. Katie, Katie, you listen to us on KPRZ, right, in San Diego? Yes. Awesome. Awesome. That's a great call. Great take. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to have Christina answer because there's kind of two parts of that. So as you're off the air, I'm going to have you, um, uh, Christina, answer the first one with regards to, we don't have a little, we have a little bit of time before our next break, but just real quickly answer that uh, statement that she, when she said about how sometimes so that those that are picketing Planned Parenthood facilities at times can be a little angry and off putting and maybe some of the things that they say are not right. What's, what's our response? Cause that does happen. Yes, I think it's very important that when we are outside of abortion clinics that we are reaching out to women with love and in compassion. And, of course, that can look different, whether it's 40 Days for Life, people are praying outside of abortion clinics, or whether it's Sidewalk Advocates for Life and they're out there doing sidewalk counseling. But it's always important to remember that the woman or the man that you're talking to very often is in crisis. They are afraid. They already feel at times shame. They might be being coerced by their boyfriend, by their partner. I've seen people dragged in by their parents and coerced by their parents. And so we want to be able to reach them with the love of Christ. We can't control what everyone else does. And so there's been times when I've been outside of abortion clinics and perhaps someone is responding to someone in in a way that I would not. And I can't always control that other person, but I can control myself and the way that I present myself. And I, I will say that 
women who have had abortions are often the best people to go to the clinics because they know what it feels like to be in that situation. So one of my friends, Melissa, who has also had an abortion and repented from it, we've gone to abortion clinics, and she stood out there and prayed and attempted to talk to women, and she's done it from a place of compassion and love because she knows what it's like to be in that situation. Not that you've had to have an abortion in order to go outside of a clinic. Anyone can do it. Anyone can stand outside. But I do think it's important to respond and love and mercy. Also with information, give resources out about the nearest pregnancy resource center. Let women know that they can leave that place and they can go down the street. So come prepared with a smile, with a heart full of love and with resources to share. Great advice. Great advice, Christina. Well, when we get back, I've got two more questions that I want to give to you. Now we're going to try to get those all sneak them in in the next 10 minute segment. I think we're going to be able to do it. But when we get back, there's still going to be time for your calls at 888-52-TALKS. That's 888-52-TALKS. And we have one more segment with Christina Bennett. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. We're also going to tell you ways that you can get involved in the pro-life movement, and Christina's going to help us with that. So this is Ed Carlson, and you're listening to 99.5 KKLA. Welcome back, everyone. This is Ed Carlson. And you are listening to Southern California Live here on 99.5 KKLA. We've been talking with uh, Christina Bennett, uh, spokesperson for Live Action and LiveAction.org uh, and a bunch of ton of other things. She's uh, making rounds all the way throughout the media, and it's awesome. We love to see what God's doing in her life. And we've been discussing the battle that is being ra- uh, waged right now in America uh, over the issue of abortion. And Christina, I've got just a couple uh, questions that I I know that they're big questions, and we have just a short last segment here, um, but I, I want to get to them because I think they're just huge. And the first one is this: um, Does pregnancy? This is one uh, maybe a, a, an argument that many pro-choice or, uh, advocates will make. Does pregnancy, or even maybe a lot of Christians have this question too, that are pro-life, but then when it comes to this issue, and it's this one: Does pregnancy from rape or incest justify abortion? I do not believe that ending a child's life in the womb because of the crimes of their father is justifiable. I think it's important as Christians that we support a woman who is dealing with the trauma of rape, because that is one of the most horrific things that a woman can endure. And so we must come around her and give her support and offer healing and counsel and whatever resources she needs. But ending her child's life through the violence of abortion does not bring healing, it does not bring closure, and it does not bring her where she needs to go down her path of pursuing healing. It only adds to the violence, it only adds to the pain, and it only adds to the sorrow of an already horrific, traumatic situation. Mm. So, no, I do not believe that abortion after rape is justifiable. Yeah, it's a great response. And it's such a difficult—it is a difficult, like you said, and you said it so well, that the issue of rape or incest is just such a—it uh, is a, it's a powerful kind of just horrible thing. Yet, uh, what I understand to be too, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that 
it's literally less than one percent of abortions. That am I, am I correct on that? Yes, it is. Yeah. It is a very very small percentage, and the majority of abortions are done for elective reasons. Some might say reasons of convenience, uh, social economic reasons, which just goes to show us again that women are making these choices because they feel like they have no other choice because they're lacking in support. There are amazing stories of women who have chosen life after the violence of rape. There's a woman named Jennifer Christie, and she tells her story. And then there's also stories of children that were born from rape situations, like Rebecca Kiesling, among others. They actually have an organization called Save the One, where you can go on their website and you can read stories of women and men that were born from that that horrible act of rape, but their parents chose life, they chose to place them in adoptive homes, and now they have families of their own, and they say, I should not have to pay for the crimes of my father, I should not have had to pay for that. And so there are very hopeful stories out there, and if you're someone who struggles with this, I would encourage you to, to read those stories on Save the Ones website and to become familiar with them and to know that they're all alternatives and options for women who have suffered that trauma. So good. So good. Now, I'm going off the beaten path here on this one, and we just have a little bit of time, and so I'm throwing a curveball to you a little bit. Uh, but these two, uh, th- these two topics have now seemed to merge a little over the last number of days, and that is vaccine mandates and the use of aborted fetal tissue in vaccines. Now, I know, loaded topic, uh, but here's a story, and then I'll just give you, uh, give you my question. Uh, on Wednesday of last week, James O'Keefe, president of Project Veritas, came out with the story that there was a whistleblower out of Pfizer, uh, an employee by the name of Melissa Strickler, leaked some internal emails that show corporate executives uh, telling their staff to be secretive about the use of human fetal tissue uh, in laboratory testing of the COVID vaccine. Also, part of this uncovering was a recording of one of Pfizer's chief scientific officers, uh, a man by the name of Philip Dormitzer, who said that H- HEK, is his words, HEK 293 T cells used for the IVE assay are ultimately derived from an aborted fetus. Now, I don't want to get into the topic of vaccine mandates per se, but since we see these two topics, abortion and vaccines, kind of merging, at least in the news recently, what is the actual occurrence? This is a big question, too, for a lot of people. What is the actual occurrence of aborted fetal tissue being used within the medical community for research? Let's not even just talk about COVID, but let's just say in, in, in medical community for research, medicines, et cetera. Is that a real thing, and, and what is the frequency? It is, unfortunately, a real thing. And we know from our research that there are at least 120 fetal tissue research projects that are actually funded by the federal government. And we don't know how many privately funded projects there are, but we know that there are at least 120 fetal tissue research projects that are funded by our government. And so there are college campuses and universities and labs that are, unfortunately, tragically, they have received baby body parts and they are doing this type of research. It's really disgusting to even think about and it's something that's mostly hidden from the public's eye and i think as we continue to expose it people will become more and more aware but it is something that it's very hard to look at even the center for medical progress when they did their undercover videos and they were exposing the selling of baby body parts many people said that those videos were heavily edited because they weren't willing to look at the reality that baby 
many body parts are being sold and harvested on the, on the black market, and there is fetal experimentation taking place in our country. It's just overwhel- overwhelming sometimes, just the, the, the length yes. at times. Uh, gosh, we could talk forever, and, and Christina, I just want to say thank you first and foremost for being with us uh, for all three segments. You're uh, welcome. Tremendous, and I hope uh, to have you again very soon, uh, as I think that we really need to keep this topic in front of people. Um, I, I believe it's at the heart of God, uh, and, and it needs to be at our heart as well. Uh, real quickly, um, how can people follow you? To, kind of a two thing. How, how can people follow you and see what God's doing in your life? And then also, uh, how can they get involved with, with live action or, or other organizations? Yes, I would love to connect with you know anyone who's listening. I'm on Instagram, Black Pro-Life Woman is my Instagram account. Black Pro-Life Women is my Twitter account. I am also on Facebook, and I have a website, ChristinaBennett.com. And the same goes for live action. You can find live action on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube. And you can go to liveaction.org and connect with us. We have opportunities for people to be uh, live action ambassadors if you want to join with us and you know in your community and, and be a voice and stand for life. We would love to have you. So please connect with us. We need every single person. This is the greatest human rights issue of our day, and we need every person to join in. So good, so good. Christina, I'm going to give you the last word. Give us, give our audience, the, I, as I said earlier, I know that there are people that are listening right now that are pregnant, that are contemplating abortion. Uh, our big thing here is we want people to listen and to find hope as they listen to this radio station. In, in one minute or less, give, give our audience just a, a, a word of hope for those that are out there that are contemplating abortion. I want you to know that you are not alone, that God sees you in your circumstances, and those circumstances do not define you, because God is greater than your fears and your anxieties and your pain, and God is able to help you, and God is able to make a way, because He is the way maker. So if you trust Him, if you go to Him with your circumstances, he will help you. He will help you to carry that baby. He will help you to find housing. He will help you to find food. He will help you to get into good relationships, into a good church. Whatever your need is, he can supply and he can make a way for you. So just trust him. Do not be afraid. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Christ has come that we have life and have it in abundance, and that life growing inside of you is wanted by God, valued by God, and you are wanted and valued and loved, and you are not alone. Man, preach it, girl. I'm gonna have you. I'm gonna have you back next time. Just Christina Bennett, the the minister of the gospel. That's what I'm gonna have you on next time. Thank. I, I know. I know. I, yeah, trust me. I could tell. Listen, again, thank you so much, guys. That is Christina Bennett. Thank you for joining. Christina, I'll talk to you very soon. You're welcome. Thank you. God bless. God bless. That was Christina Bennett, everybody. Listen, go on Instagram, go on Facebook, give her a follow, see what God's doing in her, in her life. She's a tremendous spokesperson for this. Let me just say this as we kind of close things out in this first hour. God has absolute dominion over human life. He is the creator of the universe, but more importantly, he created you and I. He is the creator of man and woman. And here's the deal. Because of that, he has absolute dominion, authority, rule over human life. And the Bible teaches that human life is different from every other type of life because human beings are made in the very image of God. You that are listening right now, you are an image bearer. You bear the image of God himself. 
And the Bible teaches that the child in the womb is truly a human child who even has a relationship with the Lord. We can see that in multiple scriptures that even when you're in the womb, you have a relationship with the Lord. And scripture repeatedly, repeatedly condemns the killing of the innocent. So if you're out there and you're contemplating abortion, listen, God loves you. And God loves that baby that is in your belly and he has a plan for it. So reach out. God has a plan for you, just as Christina said. What, what a great first hour. Thank you to Christina, and thank you to Live Action for being with us in this first hour. When we come back, if you thought this first hour was great, just wait till you hear our next topic of discussion on the show today, and it is this. What does the Bible say about homosexuality, and what should be our response as followers of Christ? And we have another incredible guest that you are not going to want to miss, and he will be joining with us. So thank you so much for allowing me to spend today with you. This is Ed Carlson, and you're listening to 99.5. KKLA.